1: Welcome to Season 4 of the Believe in Overwatch League Podcast, from the Believe Podcast Network. We are Matt and Kevin, and each week we're bringing you news about gaming, pop culture, and of
0: course, Overwatch. This week we discuss Minecraft, Pokemon, and the mess that's going on in the Overwatch League.
1: hello hello everybody welcome to uh another episode which may or may not be the final episode of the believe in overwatch league podcast we have been gone for two weeks um and technically if things go the way that we are conceiving them to be scheduled we'll technically be gone from this uh, from believe in overwatch league for the rest of the weeks that exist or we might be back for another week. We don't know, but we'll like if we we're gone from Believing Overwatch League, that means it's because we're uh, we're now doing this week in Geek as a podcast. So we'll be gone, but not gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking speaking of being gone, Kevin, how was your how was your time being gone for two weeks? I know you uh, you took a little trip.
0: Yeah, I did. Um, I fell really hard. No, just kidding. Um, I actually <laughs> uh yeah uh last week i ended up going to maui for a bit um spent five days out in maui had fun uh explored around and ate some good food uh ate a lot of food um and then yeah i i just got back um what is it i got back on thursday and then on friday uh i went immediately to crunchyroll expo so i had um I had to go to an anime uh, convention, learned how to, uh, well, I worked the first day that I was there. So all day Friday, I was working um, the entire event, um, just doing like health and safety protocol check, essentially ID and, you know, vaccine uh, of some sort proven through like a credible site. Um, And then, yeah, just give people wristbands. And then Saturday, Sunday, I, I just went around and enjoyed the actual con. Um, and then, yeah, on Monday I went back to the escape room. So, yeah, just kind of back to back to the basics now. Hmm. Okay. So, um, so so just
1: breaking all of these things down as we as we do. Um, so the the summer camp is done for you.
0: Summer camp is over. Uh, we we had that at the end of July. Okay. Um, July twenty ninth was the last day of that. Um, met a lot of really cool uh people people who run this actual like uh people who actually run the camp like facility um got you know some more contacts of people who I've actually worked with and yeah we're just we're just chilling it was it was a really good like camp honestly I think that if Mm -hmm. I just think that there's a couple things that we could polish up but that's just like learning from like previous experience that we will eventually get it down um and also just trying to figure out a way how to make it more like interactive i know that this is something that's like it's tough for us as teachers to like be watching over the shoulders of you know 14 15 students at once Mm -hmm. um so it's really tough for us to like get in and watch gameplay the entire time um but like at the same time we don't want to like we don't want to be like hovering over them the whole time sometimes we just want them to explore the game and just have fun with it right yeah um like we don't want to like helicopter teacher the entire time so um that that's the weird balance that we have to strike between the two it's like yeah it's cool if we give you instruction but at the same time we don't want to like tell you everything that you should be doing in game you know um Mm -hmm. so yeah that was just kind of the that was the tough balance that we had to strike there
1: okay so it it does definitely look like um like you're gonna get a second year of this
0: i i hope so i hope that like it was popular with the kids i just hope that it's popular enough to uh to keep it going you know popular with the admin
1: yeah okay so this whole wide trip was it was it was like a spontaneous thing or is it a thing that's been planned for a while um,
0: um yeah it it was it was a very spontaneous thing um after after my dog died uh i had to kind of you know our our family wanted to reset a little bit, and also uh-huh. uh my mom wanted to go out and like do something before her summer ended so uh we right. decided to go to we decided to go to Maui, just have a little bit of time, no itinerary we just kind of went in and <laughs> did what we do what That's we cool. wanted to do you know yeah um, it it was pretty good lot lots of good food i mean it's it's unfair that they have food land okay like <laughs> if you <sighs> If you don't know what Foodland is, by the way, it, it's just like a it's a it's just a basic supermarket. But um, they have like their typical meat section, but they also just have like an entire section for poke. So if you just want poke, Ooh. you can just walk in there, order like a poke bowl for like ten bucks, and then just have that as a lunch. Um, but yeah, there's just a couple things that like you know I wanted to hit for sure. I I wanted to go to Ululani's, which is a um, shaved ice place uh very good Mm -hmm. very good shaved ice highly recommend um and just like yeah just do kind of whatever um we we had fun just explored around the island ate a lot of food um and yeah we we just enjoyed our time really so hawaiian food like
1: the only understanding i have of it is spam musubi um pokey and Mm -hmm. shaved ice and like a lot well there's also like roast pig, but a lot of cultures have roast pig. But also yep. a lot of like pineapple and fruits and like tropical stuff. So like, what what other kind of things like constitute Hawaiian food from your your five day excursion into tropical land?
0: Um, anything with macadamia nuts is. Cause... <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. that. Counts, like literally, you could you could have like anything with like. Macadamia nuts and it's considered Hawaiian. That's that's that. Uh Locomoco was really popular too. Mm, okay. Um which if you guys don't know what locomoco is, it's rice, um, some sort of meat. Um, usually it's like hamburger patty, um, followed by a an egg on top, and then everything is covered in gravy. Um, so that's like a typical loco Moco. Um, but you know, there's variations. You could have like spam locomoco, you could have t- traditional locomoco is the one with the hamburger. Um, but yeah, it just depends on the protein if you want to switch it up or not. Um, but yeah, uh, that that was good. Uh, malasadas. I know that that's a Portuguese dish for the most part, but it is served a lot in Hawaii. Uh, mm-hmm. What else did I eat? I, I I shoveled a lot of food in my mouth, um, <laughs> as one should when they're traveling. Yes, exactly. Like you're, it's like you're one not of the joys not of traveling. You're not there to just vibe. Oh. Um, a, 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 large quantity of banana bread. Uh, that is, that is something that's pretty, pretty normal, but it was, a first day we had like a deep fried banana bread with macadamia nut ice cream and like chocolate drizzle on top of it. And I was like, yeah, this is typically Hawaiian and it was very good. Mm-hmm. And then like the next day we had like, um, there's a place called chemo's it's on like front street and that had hula pie which is a ice cream like mountain of ice cream with like macadamia nuts on top chocolate and like a cake layer on the bottom with whipped cream and i was like this thing is ridiculous so um that sounds like a heart attack
1: but a delicious delicious heart attack
0: it it was worth it for dessert so like yeah we definitely went through with that um and yeah, everything else is just pretty standard. We just went around and ate, uh, kind of whatever we ran into. Um, and yeah, th- th- that was that was a trip. We um, went snorkeling. We went to we did this thing called the Road to Hana, which is a part of a what is it? It's a part of a Maui like forty eight mile like twisty road like kind of how can I describe it? It's like a it's a road trip with, like, multiple, like, different lookout points and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, and waterfalls and stuff like that. So we we had a lot of fun just kind of exploring around there. Um, we we got banana bread on that trip. Uh, what, else, what else did we do? We saw a ton of waterfalls. Um, we saw for ice cream, mostly food, um, but a lot of, like, really cool, like, coastal things. We, we learned about, like... Um, most of the sandy beaches that like are near resorts are, um, are like regular, like really nice fine sand. But there's also parts of Hawaii which is still like volcanic rock, and it's just all hard. Uh-huh. So that's another like thing that you have to look out for, like um, stepping on Legos. Yeah, it's it's not fun. Um, but yeah, it the formations look really cool when you're when you're up close, and yeah, it was just it was just really interesting to see what went down over there, you know, it's just, uh, it it's just amazing how, how cool nature can be sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. So what's like the temperature like in Hawaii in the summer? Cause like here it's like hot in <laughs> a dry heat and it's like melty and, and evil.
0: But yeah, like, uh, I, I'm
1: assuming it's like just
0: ridiculously humid and hot over there. It is. Um, it's like always 75 degrees and it's always humid. Um, which it's not bad like you can go out at night and walk around and enjoy you know like the sea breeze close like lowers it down a little bit when you're when you're walking along the beach so it's actually really nice um the thing about um the thing about maui though is that it is very windy um so if my my mom had a hard time she had contacts in for most of the time she's like my contacts keep shifting because it's so windy. And I, I was the smart one who brought glasses. But um, when when you have glasses and you have, like, sand blowing between it, it's harder to wipe your eyes. So it's just like, yeah, 50-50, you got to just, <laughs> if you have bad vision, you're just not having a good time. <laughs> uh, but overall, I would say, like, yeah, it, it was a really good experience. I would definitely, I would recommend doing it at least once if you want to. If you want to watch like more stuff or like if you wanted to like explore around a place that's not like all touristy, I would say Maui is like the nice balance between the two. Because like Mm -hmm. Honolulu and Oahu is like very tourist town kind of kind of vibe where it's just like they have shops everywhere. Um, And then if you go to Maui, it's like the beach is there and the tourist spots are kind of there, but you, you get a lot more like nature uh when you're out there now was five
1: days enough to do everything you felt like you wanted to do uh
0: i think so at least for me i think like we went around and we did a lot of things um i do wish that like there there were some points where like i thought i can go swim but i'm like stupid and i don't want to like die so um (laughs) (laughs) i mean ideally um but like there's like parts where like there's a waterfall and there's like a pool in the bottom and people are swimming in it. I'm like, I want to, I might want to do that. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, the rocks are slippery. They're made of rock and I'm not a hundred percent on board with it. So I'm not going to risk it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I thought I had enough time to, to do a little bit of everything. If we had like a couple more days, I think it'd be fun. But otherwise, like I do think, like 5 days is enough to do everything that I wanted mm. to do. Like with with no plan, it was it was worth it.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. Okay.
0: And then now Anime Expo, like
1: what I mean Crunchyroll Expo, how's it different yeah. from like Anime Expo besides it being
0: Crunchyroll focused? Um so AX is considered one of the biggest anime conventions and I still haven't been to AX. So that's that's one thing that like I, I still need to compare it to. But mm. um So that's the difference. Roll, Kevin hasn't been to it. <laughs> I haven't been to it. Next. <laughs> not yet. I, I'm planning maybe next year. But like Ooh. this year was kind of crazy. Um obviously with with COVID and the uh the whole idea of you know, people exceeding capacity to the point where uh they needed the fire marshal to come in and stop people from entering. Oh um, wow. So yeah, it was just like uh yeah, it's not gonna happen. Um not this year at least uh so i'll wait, I'll wait till next year um but they both kind of serve the same like concepts of it being in an, an industry focused expo where it's um there's announcement trailers and stuff like that there's certain like things that are going on um to enjoy like the con itself um but a lot of it is mainly like certain companies coming out and being like hey we're doing x y or z uh we're we're announcing this and yeah it was pretty fun um day one there was the mob psycho uh mob psycho 3 premiere so if anybody was interested in that uh they can go ahead and see it then um i didn't have time to go and do that but i i respected it um and yeah i i thought i thought it was honestly it was pretty fun but um yeah and then day two saturday sunday i just got to explore the con got to see the chainsaw man panel um heard a lot of like cool thing about the country World panel which got moved and shifted around last minute so i didn't get to attend it but i had friends in attendance who just told me like what was going on um and yeah it was just also good to like meet up with a ton of people again um that's another thing about anime conventions that's that's great um like sometimes you get to meet people who you've only like talked to on Discord, like once or twice, and now you get to meet them in person and, and actually enjoy, you know, something together. So that's what I thought was uh was really fun and really cool. So I hope that uh, I hope that whoever is listening, they're they're having fun at conventions, meeting up with friends, and uh, and enjoying what the con has to offer. Now I have to ask, how was the smell? Not bad, uh hmm, people okay. actually learn to use uh deodorant it's not it's not like death it's just you know it's it's not bad um yeah, and I also think that's also in part due to covid i think people learned how to shower um <laughs> but also uh there was a mask mandate at at this convention, so you had to wear a mask whenever you were indoors so I, I think that that also helped with potentially ass smell, you know, mm-hmm. praise be the masks at that point. Yes. Um, I, I guess like overall, I mean, uh, I, I would say there, there are a couple announcements. There's a, there's movies that are going to be included on Crunchyroll. If anybody's interested in seeing some like films, like your name is coming, um, Josie, Josie, Tiger, and the Fish—that's also coming—and uh, Akira, uh, Akira, and Jujutsu Kaisen Zero are all announced to like move over. Um, we got more news about Chainsaw Man, which is going to be huge next season, um, and yeah, a, a whole bunch of like other shows that I thought I wouldn't pay attention to that are now like officially getting announced. So um, I'm excited to see what what happens with it. Uh how about you Matt how was your extended two day or two week two day two weeks uh break and uh was there anything eventful
1: Okay so starting with the beginning of um whatever whatever week that we started <laughs> what was it two weeks ago two weeks ago whatever week that was was d- end of July like the last week of July yes or no Second to last week of July. Yeah. Because last week of July was last week. So the second to last week of July was the, uh, it it was uh, not Fandom. It was Comic-Con, the other convention. Um, So I did not go to Comic-Con in San Diego, but I had to work it from home. So it was a lot of like, leading up to it, it was a lot of prepping um, for posts, like posting late at night and just a bunch of bunch of madness and just like hey where is this asset oh we decide like at 9 p.m oh we decided to scrap that post we don't need you anymore after we've been waiting for hours to get said asset um which is like eh, it it happens it's a chaotic time and things are parts are moving pieces are moving um posts may not look as good as initially thought blah 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 whatever um but it was difficult because that's also when i was trying to pack to go to camp um So eventually it worked out and uh, I took an early day on Saturday and and left half at noon um, to go to Westwood and do like camp prep stuff. Sunday we went, uh, we picked up the kids and went over to Unicamp. Um, 50 kids did not show up, uh, which is a lot of kids when you're expecting like maybe... 100 150 kids so you're missing maybe half to a third of your campers but it was because apparently the school district signed up pretty much a bunch of these kids without them knowing so (laughs) they didn't know that they were supposed to go to camp so i can't really blame the kids on that one and also like apparently from what i heard um from different sources is that of the kids who did show up and didn't know they were going to camp um they were not told completely truthfully what camp would be like like we're in the woods we are a very rustic camp we have like open door cabins which means that like there is or open air cabins excuse me which means like there's no windows and there's no doors like it's just like literally open air like there's there's bunks there's a bathroom there's a shower that are like enclosed obviously there's a sink And then this is about it. There's like four walls and a roof and it's open air, which like I'm used to it by now. I know what to expect. But if you're a kid who like was told that, Oh, this camp is going to be at UCLA. That's not what you're expecting. So the kids were a little bit like they were not having it at first. And again, I now knowing that I completely understand why, which also made this like a very difficult week. Um, Also, it was like raining and thundering for part of the time. And when it's thunder, we're we're not allowed to uh, do certain activities. Like we're not allowed to climb on the uh, big challenge tower that we have, which is where I was working. Um, We're not allowed to get them in the pool because the uh, Alpine Tower is a giant lightning rod and we don't want zapped kids and the pool is water and we don't want zapped kids so that happened.
0: Crispy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't go hungry if we need if we got stranded up there, I suppose. Um, but yeah, apparently since um in spite of the rain that did happen during the week, it was apparently a very dry year. So throughout the summer they've been seeing mountain lions, which like I don't think has really ever happened before. There were apparently two mountain lions um in the area and mountain lions are are pretty dangerous like bear, rattlesnakes and bears we get fairly often but we can deal with them fairly easily like the rattlesnakes you um our staff up the mountain will just like use tools to get them into a cooler drive them off site and like release them far away from where we are um and then with bears you kind of just scare them away and like get really big and make a lot of noise and like bears are essentially at least the black bears that we have up there are essentially just like big dumb dogs so you can scare them away really pretty easily and that's and fine we've dealt with bears before i've seen bears before and it's it's not a big issue but mountain lions are different because mountain lions will like actually kill people um if you see a mountain lion like you're supposed to like back away very slowly don't run because if you run you trigger their chase instinct and you're dead um uh, you need to like maintain eye contact at all times because if you break eye contact you trigger their chase instinct and you're dead um so there's really there's really no winning against a mountain lion uh apparently they had been like eating some deer and uh at one point during the summer they found like one of the deer carcasses and it was pretty much all bone and then when they picked up the skull to look at it there was still like An eyeball in one of the sockets which is fantastic let me send you the photos while i'm talking about this kevin just so you can (laughs) you can see what i'm talking about um it's fantastic it's the honestly it's it's really it's it's disgusting but it's cool so (laughs) um yeah describe kevin your reactions your thoughts
0: uh dear it's like yeah that's just all bone dude there's there's nothing not much left. They <laughs> they done really cleaned that up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um what else happened? Um
1: Oh yeah, so I mentioned rain. And there's a river that's by camp. It's not a big river, but it's a river. Um and when it gets really rainy up there, it starts to flood, and we have flash flood warnings. So mm-hmm. Um, the night before that we were supposed to leave, um, it started to rain and we're like, it, it started flooding and like flash floods. And it was fine. Like after the rain stopped, it went for a couple hours and then the flood went away. And the next day it started to rain too. So that was a bad thing. Like at first we weren't good sure if we were going to be able to get out. Um, And I was like struggling. I needed to leave early because I had um on, on that Sunday was a press junket for, um, Joe Coy's new movie, Easter Sunday. So I was running to go get to that. I've been like coordinating with people all week. It was a struggle because it's like, Oh, I didn't really I didn't realize that the event was also on Sunday because I was only expecting it to be on Monday. So then I had to figure out a way to get down to camp early and see who was leaving early, and then there was a question if I was going to be able to get COVID tested in time because I needed to get COVID tested, and at first I didn't think I was going to be able to. Then like, oh, it's okay, we can test you on Monday at Universal Studios. So that happened, and then um we figured it out and I was supposed to go down there. So I left early. Like we were supposed to leave at noon, but with all the flooding that happened, like we had to wait three hours because there were mudslides and landslides and flooding and whatnot. Um, so we left at around three. Um, I got back to Westwood at around like six, 20 or 640 the event was at 7 so i had to shower at my friend's place real quick because i smelled like forest um and then just run over there i was 40 minutes late to the movie but whatever um but like the people who didn't leave early who were supposed to go on the bus that day um the bus wasn't able to get up there because there were landslides so there were kids up at camp and counselors who who were stuck there for an extra night the kids who were getting on the bus weren't ever able to get up there to camp so they had to cancel that whole session um and then so the next day at like 5 a.m they were finally able to get buses up there to get people down the mountain so that happened which was very unfortunate and i can see how if like a lot of people didn't come back next year who were new this year like this was a lot to handle for your first year of camp um so anyway all that happened um, and then I did the uh, the press junket for Joe Coy's new movie, um, Easter Sunday. Uh, I, I was 40 minutes late to the screening. Um, but the next day I had interviews with um, the director, J. Chandra Sekar and Tia Carrere, who, if you don't know who she is, she's been on um, Wayne's World. She was Nani in Lilo and Stitch. Speaking of Hawaii, Kevin, um, she was in Lilo and Stitch and she's in the new movie. Um, for some reason they didn't let us interview Joe Coy, which is weird because he's the main draw of this movie. And <laughs> we were kind of upset that we didn't get to interview him when it looked like every single other publication that was there got to interview him. So I was a little bit irked about that, but I did bring my book for him to sign just in case. And like I heard him getting ready to leave as I was prepping to like go into another room for another interview. And so like I ran and I grabbed my book and I'm like, hi, can you sign it? And he like he signed it and then I got to tell him, like talk to him a little bit about like how much I really enjoyed like seeing his stand up and like how I felt represented and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, Oh, mm-hmm. you're gonna make me cry. And then he hugged me like three times and I got my book signed. And it was it was fantastic. But nice. yeah. That was that was my last couple weeks. And this week is la- the week after was like weird getting used to being back in civilization and having technology again. <laughs> Just it's like having responsive internet and having a computer and also like going from being busy like every single minute of the day with kids and like doing th- physical things to being like on a computer just chilling and like half the time I'm not actually doing something, I'm just kind of waiting around is such a weird transition. It's so weird, like going back to that um and then yeah, and this week it's just more chill work we're getting ready for the show to premiere in september and um yeah i have i have a date on thursday and i have a date on friday with two different girls which is like oh how did i manage to schedule two dates back to back and my friend's like hey at least they're not on the same day and i'm like oh that sounds like a rom-com and she's like oh well that to me that sounds like a horror movie it's like yeah it's the same thing depending on whose perspective you're looking at it from there you go (laughs) (laughs) so that has been my two weeks
0: nice wait did i did i update you on my bookshelf did i tell you no
1: no you did not tell me about your bookshelf all
0: right so i i recently got a bookshelf um and from ikea i i yes and it was (laughs) yes uh but but the reason (laughs) for that was because that was a joke that was like half a joke (laughs) (laughs) but like the the main thing was like i had books like everywhere in my room so um now that like i've organized i've reorganized my room i've made sure that like everything is nice and clean and organized so uh yeah now we have a new stream background um and it's it's got all my books on it um it will probably be more relevant once we start getting into the the next like the new podcast um but uh it it is slowly growing
1: um yep i recognize that ikea bookshelf I've seen it before. <laughs> Every like a lot of roommates that I've had have had this same bookshelf. It's very neat, very organized, very colorful. Not the bookshelf, yeah. the books.
0: Yeah, that's one thing that I had like trouble with initially, so like originally I put all the books in alphabetical order, right? Mm-hmm. And it put all the it put all the white spine like books on the side that shows up on stream. So I was like, "Uh-oh, I got to fix that." So like, my friend and I was were like, it's in alphabetical order right now. Would it irk you if it's not in alphabetical order, but it was in order of, like, colorful spines? And he's like, let's just see what it looks like. And so I started messing around with, like, the order of things. And he's like, this looks way better. And I'm like, okay, we'll keep it like this. And if we ever need, like, if we ever need somebody to, like, look at the books later, like, an AFK screen, like, then they could get irked about it. Like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But, like one half of it is just colorful spines and like books that I read often. And then the other one is like what I'm working on reading and where I, where can I put that on my shelf? You know? Yeah.
1: I would love to have a bookshelf, but my, my room literally has no room for a bookshelf just because like, as I've said before, it's pre-furnished. So there's like stuff in here and like fixtures built in that like, I don't really use, but they're there and they're taking up space. So I have no room for a bookshelf as much as I would love to have, like at least a mini bookshelf because I'm accumulating a ton of books. Mm -hmm. Like my to be read pile is um, it's taking over a closet and now Mm -hmm. like just counter space and I can't stop buying books. It's an addiction. And no, I feel that (laughs) I'm, yeah, of course, you, you you know you you buy manga and just, it, it's it's a lot, right? It takes up space. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it, it eats you alive. If you don't have a place to put it, it, it becomes your house. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a place to put these things. They're yeah. like
1: swallowing me whole, Kevin. If if I don't record next week, it's because of the books have
0: gotten me. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah that's us for the past two weeks. wanna talk about how the rest of the world did for the past few weeks, yeah, yeah or this week
0: let's, let's hop into it
1: righty then, um, so last time we talked, um remember massage freaks, Kevin? you remember yeah. massage freaks
0: i I think so.
1: Okay, so um for those of you who need a quick refresher massage Freaks was supposed to be a quote unquote raunchy rhythm game where you're this guy in Japan who has he inherits a massage parlor and he learns some like weird massage techniques from this talking cat and then like just oh yeah okay yeah yeah, apparently the more the better you are at the rhythm game and massaging like the more horny the girls get and like apparently like they start removing clothing but according to the website like they never fully get like naked or whatever which is like thank god but um yeah it was kind of a kind of not a not a great look for nintendo to be publishing this game um so it was supposed to come out on August 4th, which was last week, uh, but it has at first it was indefinitely halted, but I think it's now been completely pulled like the uh, the game's website is completely down. It doesn't exist anymore. Like it was first, I think, only getting pulled from the Nintendo eShop, but now I don't I think it's just completely pulled everywhere. Um, apparently, people were really upset, not only because it's it's creepy, but uh, the game's depiction of women is apparently similar to reported sex crimes in massage parlors in Japan, um, and a lot of the a lot of the girl characters were had the same name uh, four names as members of the Japanese idol group Hina Forty Six, and so they changed the names, but like still really creepy. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah see. uh that that's that's, un, that's not good. Um uh, I'm glad that it was uh taken down at least.
1: I mean one of the uh, before it was pulled the web, one of the website um on Steam not, not on the website but on the Steam page before it was pulled uh one of the disclaimers said uh or here's a couple of them all characters involved in sexual content are over the age of 18. I hate that you had to specify that. But you need to specify that, especially mm. with a lot of Japanese art styles. Uh, this game is a work of fiction. It has nothing to do with any real person, group, or incident. This game is not intended to incite or encourage crime. Do not imitate. Mm. Yeah. Just the fact that like people worked on this and thought it was okay
0: yeah yeah i'm glad that it's it's no longer online well it's no longer there so yeah i i just i just hope that we don't make the same mistake again <laughs> oh i mean it's, it's gonna happen
1: again apparently like this isn't the first game that this developer has gotten in trouble over for apparently like the last game that they did was a tower defense game that also drew a lot of criticism because like Pretty much all the characters were scantily clad women, so yike. Yep. Anyway, in more removal news, um, Kevin, have you ever heard of the accolades feature in Sony on PlayStation Five?
0: No, I have not. Is it like I... it's like an achievement
1: system? That's what I thought at first, but it's it's not that. It seems like it's kind of like the. Um, the endorsement system in overwatch how you can like you can send act what i guess they're called accolades to other online players we can send either helpful welcoming or good sport and it would like show up on your playstation profile um they were sony was trying to according to ign foster a more positive gaming experience and bring the community together by encouraging players to send these um And nothing happened with it because people didn't either know that it existed or they weren't using it as much as um, Sony would have hoped. So they are at this point, scrapping the entire idea of accolades. They might be moving it somewhere else, but for now they're just going to devote their uh, attentions into other programs like PlayStation stars, which is I guess a new loyalty program that allows you to, earn points to redeem in the PlayStation store. Um, I'm not too familiar with that. I think it's like, I think they might be referring to that thing where if you like get certain achievements, you can actually use them as cash or like credits or something. Hmm. Yeah. I need to look into that. That might've been an Xbox thing, but that's what I believe that the PlayStation stars. Oh yeah, no, it is. It's a rewards points program that allow Players to earn points with real cash value. So that that is what it is, and it's free to sign up for. Okay, it's going to happen later this year, but that's I guess what Sony is more devoting their time to. Um, I think that maybe the reason, one of the reasons why, um, the accolade system didn't work is one, people didn't know what it was, and two, like maybe there wasn't an incentive behind it. Because, like, with Overwatch, at least, you get, I think, a little bit of points for sending or experience points for giving endorsements. And, like, the more endorsements you get, your level goes higher and you get um, loot boxes or whatever. And it's, like, very – it's, it's like, right there once you complete a match. It's, like, it's very easy to do. I've hmm. never seen the accolades feature on the PlayStation 5. Granted, I've never really explored too much of it. But mm-hmm. it's, it's like, not evidently it's-
0: there yeah it's just not easily accessible right right
1: like i the the intent i think was good but the execution was just piss poor um and then continuing our uh our story about or not our story but our our thread of like bans and not allowing things and getting rid of things um i'm not a big minecraft fan i played it um I know some of the Zomniks are very big into Minecraft. Like there's a whole Zomniks Minecraft realm that we used to play in that I was really bad at because I kept trying to fly and crashing into things and dying and people would have to pick up my stuff for me. Um, Yeah, never been a big Minecraft person. I'm just, in general, I'm not really big on crafting games. But um, Minecraft made the news because they officially banned NFTs and blockchain, which according to Mojang... These this technology does not align with the game's values. Um, in recent history, I guess certain NFT makers were trying to use blockchain to create NFT Minecraft skins and try to market those. And when Minecraft found out, they put the kibosh on that very quickly. Um and in, in, in essence, their Minecraft said that they don't feel that blockchain and nft technology is safe and real, um not reliable but fair and equal to all the players they don't trust the technology it's not what they're about and um it, in their words it where is that line specifically um here i'll just read some of the uh the nft policy really quickly um To ensure that Minecraft players have a safe and inclusive experience, blockchain technologies are not permitted to integrate inside our client and server applications, nor may Minecraft in-game content, such as worlds, skins, persona, items, or other mods, be utilized by blockchain technology to create a scarce digital asset. Our reasons follow. Um... Some companies have recently launched NFT implementations that are associated with Minecraft world files and skin packs. Other examples of how NFTs and blockchain can be utilized with Minecraft include creating Minecraft collectible NFTs, allowing players to earn NFTs through activities performed on a server, or earning Minecraft NFT rewards for activities outside the game. Each of these NFT uses of NFTs and other blockchain technologies creates digital ownership based on scarcity and exclusion, which does not align with Minecraft values of creative inclusion and playing together. NFTs are not inclusive of all of our community and create a scenario of the haves and the have-nots. The speculative pricing and investment mentality around NFTs takes the focus away from playing the game and encourages profiteering, which we think is inconsistent with the long-term joy and success of our players. We are also concerned that some third-party NFTs may not be reliable and may end up costing players who buy them. Some third-party NFT implementations are also entirely dependent on blockchain technology and may require an asset manager who might disappear without notice there have also been instances where nfts were sold artificially or fraudulently inflated or at fraudulently inflated prices we recognize that creation inside our games is, has intrinsic value and we strive to provide a marketplace where those values can be recognized so pretty much uh the the tldr of that is um this shit is shady it's not fair to a lot of people um It's used for a lot of crime and we don't want that to be involved in our game. And I absolutely respect Minecraft for doing that when so many other companies right now are still trying to cash in on the NFT craze when honestly, I I think it's already dead.
0: Yeah, if it, it feels pretty dead just because like there's only one company that has technically made NFTs work. And it's because it's a part of their, like, system. Like, like the Steam games, essentially, like, Dota and, and like, TF2, um, the, they have in-game purposes of, like, they are, sure, they're, like, not physical things, but, like, they are used for your, like, they're used in-game to an extent. Like, they have a purpose, um... So I I do think that that is it's smart that Minecraft is banning like, you know, NFTs. It's not a part of their policy and it's a lot easier for them to prevent not only the players of getting hurt, but also like just their system as well from getting hurt. So I I think that that is a really smart idea on their part. And uh, I, I really do respect it.
1: Speaking of things we respect, Kevin, how about Pokemon Unite?
0: Yeah, we have a really big Pokemon just period and like Pokemon stuff is happening um, pretty soon. So um, in about a week, actually, yeah, just a little over a week, um, we are going to be having the Pokemon World Championships in London. Um, If anybody is on board with watching anything Pokemon, including um, the trading card game, the video game competitive scene in Sword and Shield, um pokemon go competitive and pokemon unite they are all happening this competitive
1: pokemon go
0: yes they just implemented it this year so what yeah uh it they you have to like have certain builds for your pokemon and then you like you, you battle other players um but yeah that that is something that is uh brand new um and yeah pokemon is using that um to set up their world championship stage and i'm i'm excited um it is in london i'm not going to be there uh if i got invited i would have but um it's not happening um but yeah oh also poken poken is also included Ooh, um, i haven't heard so, about poken in forever yeah yeah they they still have their tournaments there i just had to double check and make sure that that was that's still a thing um and it is so um tcg vgc go Poken and unite are all going to be happening um another cool thing is we're celebrating the one year anniversary of pokemon unite so there's a lot of like really cool anniversary skins a lot of the skins are back in the shop if you are interested in purchasing them um there's also you know free events going on right now including this event called pika party where everybody including the mob and like creep pokemon are all pikachus so there's like surfing pikachu there's Whip pikachu there's uh a, a regular like pikachu there's the... <laughs> there's pikachu pikachu there's pikachu pikachu there's gigantamax pikachu there's a whole bunch of other pikachus in this game um but yeah it's just a really fun quick mode if you want to take a shot at it definitely go for it um and yeah in terms of pokemon unite stuff that i also like keep tabs on Um, We're also getting Tyranitar in five days, so that is going to be a really cool thing. If you guys are interested, it comes out officially on the 16th, but if you're on the West Coast, it comes out um, a little bit before because we are a little bit behind uh, everybody else's time. So um, we are going to be getting it on the 15th instead of the 16th as stated. Um, But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to go ahead and see all this uh, go down. It's all going to be live streamed as well. Um, I'm debating whether or not to live stream the Pokemon unite events live um just because it is one a m our local time um because they decided to start the events at nine a m their time um which is fine oh, by I us hate but, london time uh, that that that's just how it is it's just it's there I have to um, post to, L- to London
1: time sometimes for work and it's like for me that means like being up at three a m and posting at three a m which
0: yeah not it's like why (laughs) um but yeah that's how it is um yeah lots of cool stuff happening next weekend definitely keep your eyes open for that um and yeah i'm I'm excited to see what goes down there
1: now is is there news about um is it scarlet and violet is that those the new ones yes right is there any news uh, about them or is, have I just been seeing trailers that have been posting? Uh
0: there have been a, there have been new trailers of stuff like that has been announced from the game. Um there is a new uh game mechanic called Terrestrialize, um oh. which essentially like it depends on like where you caught the Pokemon that it has like a certain ability. Um I think that's what it what it do um hmm. but yeah we were we were watching the entirety of the pokemon present stuff there's a whole bunch of like pokemon present stuff that happened um i'm just gonna i'm just gonna breeze through it and see if i can remember what it is uh oh yeah they're unveiling a new uh pokemon um what is it world championship trophy so it used to just be a regular trophy but now it's a now it's a pikachu holding a trophy as the trophy uh so <laughs> so So it's a a trophy within a trophy yeah uh (laughs) okay uh new things about uh scarlet and violet um it is called the paldea region um that that's cool um oh you could battle gym leaders in any order that's something that's new um terrestrialize uh you can ride on the legendaries. Uh, people have been, people have been slightly angry that the one that's called co on uh, is, is running and it's not. <laughs> yo, it's got wheels, okay, bro. It's yeah. it's supposed to be wheels. What's it the doesn't, point? doesn't have it doesn't wheels. It just it's Co Co-Rundon, dude. It's not co on if you're if you're not riding on it and it's running. So, so. <laughs> Yeah, that's why Miraidon is currently like everybody's like it has wheels, it's gonna go. Yeah, it's just like okay, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, kind of interesting. Um, interesting to see like the the new play style, see what they're gonna do different in this game, um, and that's supposed to come out, I believe, November eighteenth is their release date for um, for Pokemon. Yeah, November eighteenth. Um, it's gonna be a Friday. If anybody is interested in going ahead and picking that up, definitely do so. Um, I'm gonna wait till there's a little bit more information about the game before I go ahead and do it. Um, but yeah, you can you can get uh, if you pre-order, I think through the Nintendo shop um, you you can get a uh, you can get a flying Pikachu. Uh, so I guess I guess that's cool. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So. Definitely things, definitely things to look forward to in terms of the new Pokemon as well, um, and yeah, we will we'll have more information as it slowly starts to roll out.
1: Cool. Um, so moving on to another topic, um, Riot Games apparently has been actually doing some things to try to make themselves more friendly to a more friendly of a workplace to women. Um, there's a report in the Washington post by Shannon Liao. Um, and 2018, uh, riot didn't have a lot of diversity in their company and they've recently settled a hundred million dollar lawsuit, um, for sexual harassment and gender based discrimination. Um, after that, a lawsuit was filed in November of 2018. Um, since then, they've hired some diversity. Uh, I, they, they've created a department for diversity where they hired women, um, and they've they've the women headed this department and were making sure that like the company moved forward from that very toxic, very frat broy culture that has somehow been allowed and pervaded, been allowed to exist and pervaded through pretty much all of the gaming industry, it looks like. Um, so going from where they started, the riot has about 3,000 workers right now. Um, the diversity inclusion team is made up of 10 of those workers, but now through their work, like women now comprise 21.5 percent of their leadership team and about 25.8 percent of the total workforce of Riot Games. Um, I think the current uh, diversity officer, Angela Roseborough, um, started in 2019 and she's currently, I think, stepping down to uh, spend more time with her family, but she's being replaced by Patty Dingle, um, who is Riot's global head of diversity and inclusion. Um, it's something that uh, Roseborough said. Um, let me find her quote really quickly. Or no, this isn't from a Roseboro, but one of the female article, not female words, Um, one of the um, the female employees currently at Riot who looks like um, remained anonymous from for speaking with the article. But she said, I started months after the first article was released by Kotaku. The articles they're talking about is like reports of sexual harassment and discrimination I told myself that I would not accept the job if no one had mentioned what had happened, and thankfully, my manager at the time brought it up in the interview. I don't believe change happens on its own. If Riot was willing to own up to sexism inherent in our industry, then I would work to ensure we could and would do better. Um, it's it's a very it's a long article, and I, I don't want to go through all the different quotes, but it's like it's outlining how Riot, even though they've had a couple missteps in the past, like. There um and even currently now the the article mentions um the little bit of a debacle that happened with the legal legend I think it's or is it the Valorant character um what is the name let me find it God damn this article is long um <laughs> the the League of Legends character Seraphine um apparently there was a there was some backlash in 2020 about whether or not she was Filipino or Chinese and that sparked some racism um so there th- there's still some aspects that they're they need to do better on i suppose but like the fact that they are able to to transition their workforce into being i mean a quarter is still a little a little bit low but a quarter of the entire workforce is women and in a traditionally male dominated industry and 20% of the leadership is women, which again should be higher. Um, when considering positions, um, the, there has, there, it's a requirement that women and people of color and minorities are considered for the job. Um, yeah, I, I, there's still obviously as as I'm stuttering through this report like there's work that's been done which is good there's still a lot of work to go but they are doing miles better than goddamn Activision Blizzard King.
0: Yeah and uh it it's just proof that like there is good that comes out of these um out of these lawsuits. Um a lot of people were like a lot of people thought that when riot got the initial like message of them being, you know, like not like having discrimination in the workforce, um, it was really bad, but like through lawsuits and through change and through like stuff like this, they're able to, you know, recover and, and make something better out of not only their company, um, but also, you know, in the gaming industry as a whole. So, um, I think if anybody can take a uh, take a lesson from it it would be you know ABK and just listen to what's going on here if they are um, if it worked for you know ABK if, if it worked for Riot it should work for ABK as well so it, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what they what they're gonna do with it you know um, I hope that I hope that ABK can learn from Riot and just like figure out what what internal things did Riot change in order to improve themselves, and hopefully we can have uh, you know Overwatch two sometime soon uh, for for everyone.
1: Well, I mean it's coming in October, and they're not doing any betas coming up to that, so we just we gotta we wait.
0: Just, we just gotta sit and wait.
1: You just yeah, just got just gotta wait. Get to wait for it. Um, so from from one kind of dumpster fire to another, um, this is like really stupid. This is like, as someone who works in social media, like this is really, really stupid. But Myung Bong, who is on the, I believe he's playing support for the New York Excelsior, found out that he was fired from the team through Twitter. Like, he didn't know that he was fired until he saw the tweet that he was being fired, which is absolutely, like, inexcusably ridiculous. Um, so, it, it turns out that Asun Jay, like, he was, he was, Asun Jay was picked up by the NYXL. Um, and as soon, like, he was, Myungbong was tw- uh, formulating a tweet that, was congratulating Austin Jay for joining the team. But then he saw a tweet from the NYXL that said, Today we say goodbye to Myungbong. And his response on Twitter was just a bunch of question marks. And then he retweeted it again with a question mark. Um, and then the NYXL said today we posted an announcement thanking myon for his time with us however we failed to properly communicate with the team before this announcement was made we take full responsibility and there are no excuses to myon we are deeply sorry for our miscommunication putting you through this situation although we wish this was communicated better we truly appreciate your time with us and wholeheartedly want the best for you in your future endeavors to our fans this is a mistake we will not be repeating we have immediately changed our communication processes moving forward I wonder if anyone was fired for this. Probably not. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, I, I feel like somebody should be. Uh, I think get, they should be, but they probably not. Yeah, you, you you got you done goofed. <laughs> like, I
1: just imagine that finding out you're fired over Twitter right? when you're about to, like, send a congratulation message to your replacement.
0: Yeah, send a congrats and then just get, you know, get get axed. That's just <laughs> unfortunate. Like I, I'm just, just like no
1: know, knowing social media and, and seeing it from my end now there are so many approvals and schedules and scheduling in like you need to approve the asset you're going to use you need to approve the copy that you're going to use you need to approve the schedule you have to like make sure you have, you have to go through different levels of approval and review to make sure everything is right and then for this to happen where somehow they didn't take it into consideration that you have to let the person that you are firing know that they're no, fired minimum,
0: come on before
1: you fire them like they they need to step up their social media team's coordination skills like they they say that they have they say that they they change their process but it should never have happened in the first place
0: exactly. It's just
1: it's a very amateur move for them. And now like this team is just getting a bunch of flack for it. Which they should. Because there's no excuse for this. Furthermore, you want to hear how the contenders done goofed with communication. Oh my Kevin? god. Kevin
0: more, more goofingness in the Overwatch League. It just it's all goofs,
1: Kevin. it, it it's never not goofs. When are they not goofing? I don't I don't know. Well they're, they're they're always goofing now. Let me see if I can find the story about how they goofed. Somewhere here. It's here somewhere. Where the hell is it? Oh, here we go. Okay. So during a recent contenders tournament, um, the the two competitors that were going head to head were O1 esports and Munich Esports. And this was one round in before the, the grand final it's in the bracket finals. Um, and they were told that it would be a best of seven, right? Mm-hmm. So halfway through that best of seven tournament, um, they decided to pull the plug. So Munich had a three to three Oh lead before um, they had three, three Oh lead over Oh one. And then, 01 started to to win. So they they eventually brought it to a three to two. But at that point, the organizers and blizzard decided that no, we're stopping the match here. Um, We're doing best of five, even though they had confirmed several times that it was a best of seven. And they just in the middle of a, a round, which they looked like they were potentially going to turn it around. It was three to two. If they'd won the next match, it would have been like a sudden death tiebreaker to best of four. So in in no means at all was this like over and out and decided against O1. Um, but after that, they, they tried to like appeal the decision. But Blizzard was standing firm. So O one one was knocked to the loser's bracket. And what they were able to do was they were able to coordinate with um, their opponent ex oblivion to pretty much go on strike against blizzard so what they did was they just kind of sat around during the match and didn't do anything and uh, ex oblivion uh released a statement alongside many others within the contender scene we are distraught regarding the decision made for the match between O1 Esports and Munich Esports and the issues that occurred following multiple errors on Blizzard's end. We believe this combination with a general lack of communication has affected the competitive integrity of this tournament. We hereby refuse to continue our series until the issues have been addressed. We apologize to all viewers watching the matches and hope you understand. Um, So they agreed to pretty much not play the game. Blizzard threatened to... um, ban them from the rest or disqualify them from the tournament um and, and issued a warning but several fans went on social media to protest and yell at blizzard so blizzard eventually had to back down and released a statement saying prior to the start of the eu upper bracket finals of the a-sides voice crack summer series tournament between oh and esports in munich Teams received information stating that the series would be played as a first-to-four series. This information conflicted with the official rules distributed at the start of the tournament, which stated that the match would be a first-to-three series. During the match, tournament administrators identified the error and halted the series, declaring Munich Esports the winner as directed by official rules. After investigating the circumstances, we have determined that maintaining consistency with our most recent communication to teams, which stated that the match was a first-to-four series, is the fairest course of action. As a result, the series will resume tomorrow, Friday, July 29th, as a first-to-four series with Munich Esports leading 3-2 in possession of the next map choice. Uh, I don't know what happened and who won, but, like, this was obviously the only possible move for Blizzard. Like, I can't imagine them continuing the match, or the continuing the tournament the way they were doing with certain teams already, like, boycotting the tournament, right?
0: Yeah. Like once again it's just miscommunication just let them know like what would what would have been the the negative downside of letting them play it out right like let's say if they they thought it was a best of four right and you're just like okay well just let them play it out right not only would it you wouldn't have just drama anyways you would it would have just been like oh well it was a it was supposed to be a best of three or whatever uh they already would have won it it's all good um but yeah it's unfortunate that this now has to this now affects the rest of the league as well everybody is now like i wouldn't say opposed to what they're doing what they're doing what uh you know what abk is doing here but i do think that it it is another another dumpster fire that they now have to deal with uh it's not a good look for the esports scene for them. It's just
1: it's astounding how poor the both like the contenders and like the the main Overwatch league are running right now.
0: Yeah, it, in my opinion it's almost like they the league itself may have just given up on their esport. And I would I would hate to say this, but like I hope that it. I hope that it collapses and then we have something come out of it, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. we know that grassroots, like, grassroots for these games will still be there. And if ABK is not going to take. Like, if ABK is not going to take care of their scene at all, period, then other people will. And. That that's kind of what happens with, you know, what happens with a lot of Nintendo properties with, like, Smash and other competitive games. And I do think that that is going to be the case for, for this game. It's going to, like... You're essentially telling it to, like... You're telling this game to fail so that the people who actually care about the game can take care of it. Like, how would you, like... Kevin,
1: as a caster, say you're casting this game, and to you, the series is going, like, 2-7, and then all of a sudden, like, Blizzard's
0: like, hey, pull the plug, we're done. Like, how how are you going to react? Uh, you have to, for, unfortunately, we have to let the audience know that, hey, our our studio just let us know that this best of four series, which we thought was a best of 4 is now officially a best of 3. Unfortunately, we will have to cut the broadcast and for me, it's it's infuriating. Like I I want to see more gameplay, right? If you said it's a mm-hmm. best of 4, I want to see a best of 4. Like honestly, just let them play it out. That that's if if I got the word like if I'm the producer in that moment, right? And I get the word from ABK of like, "Hey, pull the plug. This is supposed to be a best of 3, right?" Yeah. I would I would be willing to give up my job to let them play it out. Oh, really? Cuz I would I would not want my I I wouldn't want that flack coming down the food chain. Uh-huh. And in the long run, ABK would would appreciate that. Cuz like you you don't want to ever cut off a broadcast in the middle unless there's a reason. And we've we've had that happen before Where like i've played i played a game where i played like we were playing a game and then one of the teams forfeited like mid-match like forfeited their their run and it it was a best of it was a best of five series um you know best of five first to three right so just Mm -hmm. standard things like one team went up 2-0 and then they're just like i'm done and so we're like, uh okay so we we just had to let them know like, hey, uh one team just gave up that is the end of our tournament and they're just like, what do you mean like that's the end of the tournament I'm like the other team just forfeited and gave up and like it, it's really disappointing for for everybody else who was trying to watch another game um but that's just that's just unsportsmanship like kind of kind of ideas there. But I, I do think that, you know, you play it out. Like, if, if people are expecting games, you give them games. And, like, even if it does go against, like, what, what like, higher up management says, it's like, if anything, you're going to get more viewers because you're extending your broadcast. Yeah. Like, just do it. I'm, like, <laughs> you can't be mad at that.
1: Do you think that, like, doing something like that on your end would affect you
0: getting picked up for broadcasts in the future i think that it would have been the it would have been the correct play to do and like even even if people were like oh well this is like like you're you're blatantly disobeying whatever the uh the higher up says like I think that in the long run it it it's better. Like to have that instinct of saying let's continue the let's continue the game rather than saying mm-hmm. let's cut it short. Um uh, like the only other idea from that, like if it was like really terrible, was like only if you don't have content do you not show it and that's just a that's just a mental thing for myself. I like if I was ever running a tournament and like we had time to kill and the other team was like, "Hey, you want to run it back again just for fun?" I'll I'll be like, "Hey, if they're if we have time and they're just going to have fun with it, let them have fun with it. Like show me some games. <laughs> it's all good." So mm-hmm. I I do think that that is part of the way how you have to think about it. It's like I do want I I would think that the audience would also want to watch more games rather than just being stuck here and thinking like, oh, okay, whatever. Like this team wanted to do X, Y, or Z. Okay. Um, But yeah, that's just a personal opinion of mine. I think that people would want to watch the games rather than... I I would think people would want to watch more games and have more entertainment rather than it being cut short um, due to something that the higher-ups just call. In that moment, mm-hmm. that way you also like avoid drama, um, in, in that fact. Like even if it were, you know, like y- you said, oh okay, we're changing the way how it's working. Um, you could inform the teams and tell them like, hey, higher up said this, but we're gonna let it play out. As a TO, I'm telling them, whoever wins the series as a best of four is moving forward. I mean, that's yeah that's what's already like established between the two teams and we we care about what what that is so personally like it's a hard call yes but sometimes you do need to put your foot down and tell them like yo you can't just pull that you you, you can't just pull the plug in the middle of a uh, of a series
1: Yeah. Interesting perspective. And I guess, I guess I do agree with you there. Um, it, it's, would be very, I guess, confusing or jarring as a viewer to be like expecting seven if, as long as seven games is best, the best of seven is a lot, but like, if you're expecting that, then that's what you want to be delivered. It'll feel weird if they just cut it off. So yeah, I, I, I guess I would agree with that. Um, Moving on, so to Overwatch Two kind of stuff, um, they're changing how the, I guess the cosmetic earning system or like the the store, or however you want to call it, works for Overwatch Two. So the current model is like, if you have credits, you can unlock certain things. But pr- primarily, the way that you earn cosmetics and unlockables in Overwatch is through loot boxes. Um, but th- that's, I guess, going away very, very soon. Um, as soon as August 30th, you're not going to be able to purchase loot boxes anymore. Um, you'll still be able to earn them the uh, the normal way until, I believe, Overwatch 2 releases, at which point um, loot boxes are going to completely go away in favor of, uh, I guess, a revamped market or, or store in-game store system where you can i guess probably directly purchase the cosmetics that you want or going through the battle pass system um is is what it looks like it's going to be if you have any unopened loot boxes that you've been storing i know some people don't like to open them and just like stack up as many as they have they will be automatically opened before the launch of overwatch too so um you will no one's gonna have any loot boxes anymore um now the weird thing about this or like the issue that people are starting to see with this is that it's primarily going to become a very heavy microtransaction looking type of system um which i guess a lot of people might have expected with overwatch 2 going free to play um a lot of the big controversy does come around from a survey that overwatch and blizzard sent to a lot of their users um, asking about cosmetics and whether they would be likely um, or very likely, somewhat likely, neither likely or unlikely, somewhat unlikely or unlikely inclined to purchase the rewards within game. And they gave them like several different options. For example, in, um, in a tweet from Porter gauge, from what uh they said that their friend received this survey um with a tweet asking about the monetization um uh, for example and the i'm getting a little ahead of myself but like for example option a three sprays at a price of 4.99 option b emote highlight intro a souvenir at 19.99 a legendary skin um weapon charm player icon victory pose voice line name card and spray twenty nine ninety nine and then at some point like asking if people would buy like a mythic spray a mythic skin, which is like the new, I guess very customizable option for Overwatch skins. At guess how much like at least this survey that we saw was asking for Kevin. Guess how much that probably like eighty bucks. Okay, not that bad. Not that bad. Forty four ninety nine. So forty five dollars for a okay. mythic skin, which I think is ridiculous. So, right? a lot. yeah, that's so much. Um, and after all the backlash, Blizzard said that these prices were automatically generated by their survey system and they don't reflect the actual purchases of, or the actual prices of these bundles or these cosmetic items that they were selling. It's just kind of to gauge what, users would be willing to pay for these items or these virtual items i should say um but it's it's still it i think it's still worrying even though it's not official because it's it's just showing how much they're going to rely on microtransactions and how it's how much it feels like they're going to try to fleece us for these cosmetics that I, i mean yes it's free to play and yes that we understand that like if we want the support we have to find a way to monetize this game so that they can pay their developers to continue to push out content but on the other hand it's just like it it, it's it's scary and it's starting to feel um a little a little overindulgent um some of the responses from player or from twitter users are yo i'd literally at any price i yeah This is not written properly. Yo, I'd literally at any price would prefer buying Overwatch 2 instead of it being free-to-play with money grabs everywhere. And here... Another user. And here I thought I was already getting gouged from Halo Infinite. Lamau. Another user. I know some people are going to defend the prices and say, don't buy, etc. It is a free-to-play game. Uh, People like you who choose to defend this crap are why the gaming industry is going into an abyss. Um, Yeah, it's, it's just... It's not a good look, right? Especially right now with Overwatch Two not even out yet, and it's an unproven thing. We don't see how the the skins are. We haven't really seen a ton of of what these cosmetics are and what they look like and what it's worth. It. And granted, these are all optional things, but asking for forty five dollars for a skin,
0: it's not a good look. Yeah, it it is a lot uh, to ask for because honestly like a lot of like even even us as like players could barely afford like other cosmetics and other games and like there's no reason for this to go up and up and up I feel like as a that you want to make it affordable where you want people to be able to enjoy the content that you're putting out and I understand like if they think oh well it took them x amount of time so we should we should make it X price or whatever. But I do think that like at the end of the day, you want to make it accessible enough where people are willing to pay the money to get it. But like, I, I get it that if you don't want to make it too easy for everybody, but like, if you're going to make it, if you're going to make a skin, make it affordable, make sure that like people want to have it. And like, like, I, I like the way how Overwatch 1, like, honestly, like, the loot boxes reward you for playing the game, right? And with with this whole new idea of them taking, a, taking it away, um, it not only is it going to incentivize people to not play your game, period, it's also going to incentivize people of just throwing money at, at it instead of, like, having to, they're not going to get rewarded for their gameplay and that's something that like yeah you definitely have to do um unless you're setting up unless once again if overwatch 2 is trying to set up a battle pass kind of thing it it's still requiring some form of monetary value before you could actually get anything out of it and that's really tough for a lot of players and i do think that it's, it's not worth it. It's not going to... Like, a lot of people are going to be turned off by your game. Probably not even join... You know, not even think to invest into Overwatch 2 until you finally give us that, you know, that story mode or that that other bet. Uh, the the little bit left. So I, I have no idea what they want to do.
1: Things are... I mean, there's a lot I think that's encouraging about Overwatch 2, but there's also a lot like this that just feels like they're throwing spaghetti at a wall and trying their hardest to see what sticks. hmm It's not good. Um. Last story of this episode, and possibly again, possibly the last thing that we're gonna deal with for the Believe in Overwatch League podcast, um, is that the Anniversary Remix Volume 3 is now out. It started yesterday, August 9th, and it's going till August 30th. And again, August 30th is the last time where you can buy loot boxes. And if you go into the Overwatch website, um, they're, tr- they're trying to get you to buy loot boxes still. Um, there, there's a statement on the, the website that says, um, don't wait too long to snag those skins you'd be eyeing. Loot boxes will no longer be, be available for sale after the end of the anniversary remix volume three event. So they're really trying to push them. Although like, I honestly don't see why you really would at this point. Like the, the skins that we have aren't very, I don't. I wouldn't say that they're worth it to get, through a a, a bay pine loot boxes for them anyway um they're in like as with other anniversary events like we're getting different game modes back again you're getting you're allowed to play a bunch of the event modes like um lunar new year's capture the flag the um halloween junk junkenstein events Godforsaken lucio ball um the archive challenge missions, all those are coming back. The different skins that you can purchase or get through said loot boxes are um, a reskin of the Farah Mecha Queen. A, a that's a black version, a white version of the Tracer graffiti skin. A black version of like the Cyborg seventy six skin. Um, a red, white, and green version of Diva's. Um, it's not her Academy skin. Is it? It's the one where like her her mech has a head. Um there's the uh what is it called? There, there's the Genji Man one, which is like the uh the Power Ranger Genji but in red, and then there's a white version of the Baptiste, one of the Baptiste skins. Um you can see them online, you've probably seen them already. Um uh, I, I still don't like what they're doing with the anniversary remixes. It really feels um it still lazy. feels yeah, lazy lazy disingenuous like they lied to us because they said oh this year in overwatch you're gonna get more skins than you ever did before like we're, we're for these anniversary events we're giving you more skins than we ever have before which like technically yes they are technically new skins but they are just recolors of old skins which just it's still i think it was it, it gives a it leaves me with a bad taste i feel like it's i probably left some other overwatch players in a bad taste when they promised us new skins and these don't feel like new skins because we've seen
0: them before um yeah yeah i i don't approve of this whole thing i do okay i do like the genji skin i will give them that (laughs) Oh, I got uh, I, the Farah skin just because I like Farah. Exactly. Like, there's some skins that were like, okay, we we like them, but at the same yeah. time, it doesn't feel like they are new skins. They are right recolors. I got if the Farah
1: one just to complete my collection because I have all of our other skins.
0: Yeah. So, so I think that's about that. That's about it. Like, honestly, if if you're gonna give us new skins, give us newer skins. You know, um, and yeah, I, I mean, I hope that we can see more. You know, like I I hope that they give us more for Overwatch too. I would love this is just me. And I would love if they brought back that challenge that they had a few years ago, where they opened it up to fan submissions and had the um, like I think it was a one off thing where you can like everybody submits like a concept for a skin popular vote and then like the top 10 get picked every year and then just get made into like something that people could either well unfortunately with the new system it would be buy but um it would all come in like a new anniversary loot box and then people would have the option to you know go for them and and see what they look like you know what Um, skin
1: was it that we that they did that for i don't even remember the
0: one that won it would have been a kabuki ash where it's ash as like a like ash essentially like in a kimono um and bob is a sumo wrestler Ooh, and i i thought that was sick (laughs) i was like i i wish we could have gotten that one but there's also a bunch of other ones that were also in that kind of idea um, I still would have been on board for um like Zerg mech for uh for diva where she's she looks like Kerrigan and she just like pops mm-hmm. out of out of it, still keeping it all inside of a b k as well um but yeah, I do think that they're they're missing out on opportunities to get the fans engaged and as a like i guess as a fan of the game, it was cool to see everybody else get involved and uh really spark like a whole community like concept but at the same time like like i get it if they have to like purchase the rights from somebody in order to go ahead and use this or x y or z um i i do think that we need to just figure out what's going on and hope that i hope abk can can fix whatever overwatch is up to right now so
1: well, we'll see if they can. Um Well, now that that's our last story, Kevin. Uh now that this might be our last episode of this podcast and barring us having to do this whole thing again next week, um what what do you feel like looking back on 3 years of, of this
0: podcast? Uh I i think we did good uh <laughs> for us uh, considering the lifespan of an esport um i i think that we're doing pretty well and we're still continuing on with you know providing coverage where we can you know um i'm excited for our next step i hope that um it gives us a little bit more freedom to cover what we feel mm-hmm. like what we're more passionate about um, rather than having to you know come on every stream and be like "Uh uh-oh they did a bad thing again (laughs) like we (laughs) can we can actually talk about things that um that that we appreciate and are willing to bring to you guys um over the course of the next couple hopefully years um and yeah we we have a lot of stuff that we can we can cover so um yeah what about you matt how what, what do you think about our three years of running this podcast I think we've learned a lot. I think
1: like for me at least, like this opened the door for a lot of other podcasts for me. Like I I did this, I do Finding Founders, I'm co-hosting my friend's podcast Mars on Life. I worked for um Wonder Eve on Secret Sauce for a little bit and I did I like, one or two episodes of I think it's true love or whatever it's called. I don't know. They stopped talking to me anyway, but, and then I'm starting the spooky podcast now. So like having this podcast and and going through believe, like really, really opened a lot of doors. I think for, for me at least. Um, I do think that I'm surprised that we were able to keep it going so long considering like the off season of, of overwatch and how we were able to like, Like, even with the extended offseason, too, we were able to maintain every week and find new things to talk about. Like, I'm really impressed at us for that and being able to just riff every single week. Um, I do think that going to the This Week in Geek show is going to give us more opportunities to, like, as you said, not just be like, up here's how they done done goofed this week. Um, It gives us a lot more opportunity for positivity. It gives us a lot more opportunity. To cover a wider variety of topics and and hopefully if we're on top of it like get other bring other people in get more guests talk to other people um i think knowing what we do now and like having done this for a bit like we are by no means experts but i think we have enough experience to do to do better things and more things with the new show if if that makes any sense with my rambling
0: yeah, it'll just give us more opportunities to take and and uh, cover more things.
1: Yeah, we're not like restricted to the world. Like for me, the hardest part at the beginning was like, especially during the offseason, was trying to tie everything back to Overwatch and then kind of expanding that out a little bit and trying to ex- tie everything to gaming. Um, and then I think at just some point, I think we just stopped trying to tie everything to gaming and just made sure that like we covered Overwatch during each episode or each week at least. I kind of yeah. feel that's that's like the route that we took, but
0: yeah, we're we're just trying to add just enough for it to be cool. Yeah, um, I think the like out of just for me,
1: I think my favorite two episodes that we did, and I can't I can't pick between these two are the interview we did with Avalon, and then the interview that we did with Watchpoint Pride. I think those were two of the episodes that I enjoyed doing the recordings the most. Mm -hmm. And I just like going back and listening to them the most.
0: Uh, What about you, Kevin? Uh, I do agree. I feel like the ones that we, we got to sit down and talk to people were a lot, a lot more informative as well as like more entertaining in that fact. Um, I I felt like the insight from Artie was also really interesting uh, when, when we had him on to talk about, you know, how, how, UH is utilizing the space for the overwatch league and stuff like that and um i I also just think that you know uh, us slowly starting to find a rhythm that works um, is really helpful and now that we get mm-hmm. to I wouldn't consider this you know like us completely finishing out you know overwatch league period um yeah. if there is something interesting that does come up we will cover it but for the most part it's giving us the option to not limit ourselves down to whatever mess abk is in um we we just have a lot
1: right right well guys um if this is the last episode of believe in overwatch league then it has been an absolute pleasure talking with all of y'all um i will be for I, i will make sure to update like on the socials if you're looking at them to to say when we will be fully transitioning and starting this week in Geek. It'll hopefully be either next week or the week after. Um once we get everything squared away with that. Um and if we see you again here next week with this show then um we'll see you here back here next week and talk about more Overwatch stuff. But aside from that thank you all for listening these past three years. We really appreciate it. We love you all and look forward to seeing you in uh on the This Week in Geek side of
0: things. Any last final words of wisdom from you, Kevin? Yeah, I want to thank everybody who's been listening for the past three years. Uh, thank you for uh, listening to us ramble even during the off-season of Overwatch and uh, everything else. Um, even through this dumpster fire of ABK, uh, we're still somehow uh, bringing entertainment to you guys every week, uh, minus the last two weeks because we were all on vacay. Uh and out of the office but um i promise that once we start moving on into the next uh our next endeavor of this week in geek we'll definitely be covering more things um and yeah we'll be bringing you the same level of content that we've always have been so hopefully you'll come over and support us there we're going to be chatting about a whole bunch of other new things um and covering more of i guess our specific interests so I hope that everybody is able to find us the leader down the line. We will let you know when that happens. And um, thank you for all the support. Thank you, guys, once again. We've been saying thank
1: you for a little bit, but thank you guys again. Um, Catch you on the flip side and
0: adios. Next week, we will be switching over to our new podcast, This Week in Geek. Thanks for listening
1: to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us and follow us on all social media at Believe in O-W-L. Questions or comments? Send us an email at B-L-E-A-V-N-O-W-L at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with us, you can contact the Believe podcast network. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.